Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Boss Podcast and thanks for listening in. I really do appreciate it. I'm Mark McGuinness and if you want to land meetings with your ideal buyer or simply have better sales conversations, then you're in the right place. Let me ask you, what would you do to get a meeting with your perfect prospect? How much would you pay for a meeting with someone you consider to be your ideal buyer? Now I know. That answer is going to be some version of, it depends. It depends what they're worth to the business. Well, what if they're worth a million dollars in revenue? What if they were a $5 million revenue business? What then? Okay, so if you're starting to think, maybe I'd pay some serious cash for a meeting with the CEO of an organization that was that important to us and that important to our company's goals. If that's you, then you need to listen in. And typically you'd be going, great, Mark, but how do we do that? Because let's stop and think about it for a second. If you think that they're a great prospect or a great buyer, it makes perfect sense that many others will think they're a great prospect too. And as a result, their inboxes and their phones are going to be full of unreturned emails and missed calls. It's not going to be very easy to get noticed, let alone get answered in somebody's inbox or somebody's phone with these types of prospects. Shaheen Hoda is the founder and director of X-Growth. X-Growth are an ABM marketing business, so it's account-based marketing, and they specialize in landing meetings with high-quality and hard-to-reach accounts. I challenge you to listen to the strategies and examples that Shaheen shares and then ask yourself, are you really doing everything you can to reach your ideal prospects right now? I hope this episode gives you the latitude and the attitude to think outside the box when it comes to trying to land meetings with your ideal buyers. Before we jump into this episode with Shaheen, if you're new to the podcast and you want to get access to more actionable sales strategies that you can use to land more meetings and have better sales conversations, then I have two easy things that you can do right now. Number one, jump across to my LinkedIn profile. And if we're not connected, then let's connect right there on my profile in the featured section. You'll find a number of things that you can download to use right away. Take as many and as much as you want. Put it in play. I'd love that. Number two, Simply sign up to my VIP sales mailer to get the latest sales tactics direct to your inbox once every two weeks. There's no spam, no BS, just great sales value once every two weeks. So sign up, go to markmc.co, it's my website, markmc.co, and sign up there on the front page. I'd love to have you in the group. Now, let's hear what Shaheen and the crew from X-Growth are currently doing to land the biggest meetings in the country. Shaheen, welcome to the Boss Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no problem. I really appreciate you agreeing to come on the show. I'm really excited about today. We've got some great things to share that I think the audience is going to be find super valuable for many of our listeners that are trying to sell in a large organization. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 
I'm pumped. Tell me us a little bit about Shaheen. And of course, you're the founder and CEO, is that right, of X-Growth? Of x that's right. Yeah. So we're an ABM agency. And what that really means is that we work with B2B organizations who are looking to kind of land and expand mid-market and enterprise deals. So uh, that's we kind of go in there, work with them on strategy, and then work with them on execution. That's us in a nutshell. Okay, so perfect. So how do we get here? Because I, mean, I think that's a great little introduction, right? So you and I have got the same client and we've been asked to make sure marketing's not stepping on sales outreach toes and sales outreach is not stepping on, you know, marketing's toes. Pretty much what it was, right? Yeah, it was pretty much it. Like we were working with them from the marketing side and you're working with them from the sales side. And we had obviously connected before. And I was at some point, somebody in the organization said, oh, we're, we're working with Mark. And I'm like, I know, I definitely would love to have a chat. So that's how we connected again. And, and here we are. Yeah. And then we were talking about the strategies that you put in place for this particular client. I'm not sure whether we're allowed to mention them or not. I'm not sure. We Maybe we should have checked that before we came on. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, <fine. laughs> you were sharing with me the strategies that you're putting in place to try and land some of these big accounts. And I was like, oh man, this, this is awesome. We've just got to share this with everybody because... People just have to know that this stuff exists and they can do this because I think they know at a surface level what's available. They're not really, they're definitely not going to be across the depth and the thought processes that have got behind this and the quality of the ABM that you're putting together. So I'm really keen to unpack some of that and share some of those examples. So when you're doing ABM marketing for large accounts to try and win accounts for your clients, good size accounts, what sort of things are you, are you doing? What, tell us what that entails. Yeah. So you know, we really start with understanding the accounts that they're trying to go after, right? What do these accounts look like? How big are they? What is the average customer value uh, or, or average contract value? However, they measure a deal size so that then we can kind of suggest strategies to go and acquire these, right? And in most cases, these are deals that in, are in the hundreds of thousands, if not in, you know, millions of dollars. So that's where we kind of start understanding these accounts, what their accounts are, and then we decide on what kind of strategy makes sense for these organizations, right? For these accounts they're going after. And it's really, that's a really key part because sometimes someone would come to us and they're like, hey, we are a SaaS company. We charge $50,000 a year and it might, or even less than that. And they're like, we want to do ABM. And we're like, no, you don't want to do ABM because you never see your money back. And, and in particular, ad campaigns would have a very finite number of accounts. So, you know, we would run a campaign. I think the largest campaign that we've ran has had 125 accounts in it, right? And that was it. And the smaller, the, in terms of number of accounts, smallest campaign that we ran had one account in it. So it's taking that mindset and thinking about, hey, these are really important accounts for my organization. And I want to give them a lot of love. Now, sometimes it might be expansion. It might be, you know, your organization has landed at a big bank and they are, you know, you've you've sold a million dollars to the bank and you're saying, hey, this bank has potential to become a $5 million deal. So working on that strategy, those are, you know, that other extreme where you have maybe one, five accounts in a campaign. The other side is where you're going after net new acquisition and you might have 20, 50, 100 accounts in a campaign. Gotcha. Okay. So if I sit down with my sales team or the, or the, the C-level and go, these are the top 25 accounts that we want to try and land in the next 12, 18, 24 months. What's the best way for us to get into those accounts? Potentially, we would then reach out and, and, uh, hey, and ask for help with you. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And it, you know, it also depends 
I keep saying depends, and, and I know people hate hearing that, but it also depends on the level of sophistication of the accounts that you're going after, right? So if you're trying to close a bank, that's very different with, compared to when you're trying to close a, you know, maybe 500 seat organization in the construction industry or in the tech industry, right? Tech is probably a better example because they're, you know, move fast and break things where banking, a large bank is very conserved. So the strategies would also differ between the type of accounts that you're going after. What about government? Do you work with government as well or are they hard? That's also the same thing. When you're approaching government, longer sales cycle, extremely risk averse. And what you need to think about is it's going to be really hard for you to land anything in like three to six months. It's in a lot of situations, a nine, 12, 18 month kind of life sales cycles. So then the approach that you have to take is they're very risk averse. We need to really nurture them through that journey until they are open to have a conversation with us and even consider us in whether it's a tender process, whatever it is. But yeah, you're right. It, the government is another curveball in there that changes your strategy. And so what are we exactly talking about? Are we talking about, is it content marketing? Is that the best way to describe it? Is that what we're doing most of the time? Probably not. So content marketing is definitely part of it, right? So what I usually tell people is think about, and there are many names for it, account-based marketing, account-based engagement, account-based experience. Think about all the marketing channels and the ABM sits at a strategy level. So you can leverage events as part of your ABM strategy. You could leverage your content marketing as part of your ABM strategy. So I'll give you an example. So we were a big telco. We're running a campaign against them. And a client of ours had landed a deal, which was about one point something million dollars. And they said, you know, this big telco is worth $7 million for us, right? So what we did was we did tons of research on this big telco in terms of what are their plans for the future? What are they looking at doing? You know, what are some of the challenges that the telco space is facing? And we created microsites, dedicated microsites for this telco. Like it had their logo on it. It was talking about, hey, this is what you need to think about. So it was only meant for people working at the telco, that particular telco, going to look at that landing page. Then we created blog posts for that. So that's where the content piece comes in. We also created an ebook. Like we wrote a whole ebook for that company. They have a and I'm trying not to use terminologies because I, would, I think people would immediately know who I'm talking about. But they have a plan for a couple of years ahead. We did their research and we're like, all right, these are the four objectives. And then we created that ebook talking about, hey, for those four objectives, this is how this client of ours can help you. And create a whole ebook, crafted video components out of that, and then leverage direct mail as well with sending the ebook, creating great video brochures to kind of send it to the main decision makers of this account. So you can see how content marketing came into place. Some digital advertising was definitely part of the process. A lot of research, all of that come into the picture to kind of deliver that campaign. So it's all, it's a mix of everything for these specific accounts. It sounds like it's a lot of fun to do. (laughs) <laughs> like from the creative side. It is. Actually, Mark, I'll give you another example. Okay. This is this is a little bit more fun. So we had, uh, so this was obviously a campaign. Uh, the one I just told you was, was like one account. We're doing this against one account. There was another campaign that we ran for 20 accounts. And what we did for them was we were targeting two individuals within this organization. And one was the CEO and the other one was the CIO. And what we did was 
we started running ads across the web to these 20 accounts. We wanted to make sure that there was brand awareness. They at least know the logo of the company so that if the salesperson reaches out, they will be like, I've seen that logo somewhere. I don't know where, but I've seen it somewhere. And it just re- increases the likelihood of them answering at an outreach. Then we created this ebook that was uh, specifically talking about the area that our client focused on, printed it, bounded it really nicely, sent it to the CIO. And then the, to the CIO, we said, hey, we also have reached out to your CEO talking about this topic. We'd love to have a chat with both of you and see how we could potentially help. What the CEO got was a box of cupcakes. So we send the box of cupcakes to the CEO and on the cupcakes, it's spelled out, Google your name. And we had a letter that was attached to it as well. So that doesn't sound too creepy. And we'll just, you know, a bit of explanation. But when they did Google their name, we bought their name as a Google ad and they typed their name in, in Google and there was an ad right at the top of Google. When they clicked on that, there was a dedicated landing page for them. It had their logo, it had their client's logo. There was a video, they would scroll down and say, you know, they click play and said, hey, Mark, thanks a lot for jumping on the, on the landing page. I hope you enjoyed the cupcakes we sent through. We also reached out to your CIO. And then they would go into the pitch and they would talk about what they were trying to do. And, you know, they also say, you know, if you, if you want, my details are below. Please feel free to reach out. Otherwise, we'll be in touch through, through other mediums, right? And then at the same time, there were calls and emails that were going out to kind of book meetings with these individuals. So again, you can see the digital coming into it, the direct mail piece coming into it, you know, the research that needs to go and identify these decision makers, the content piece that comes in. So all of it comes together and becomes really fun. Like, you know, we had situations, a CEO would pick up the phone and call the salesperson and be like, the whole office is talking about these cupcakes that you guys have sent. It was definitely a great way to break ice and equip the sales team to kind of have those conversations and, and open those doors. It reminds me a lot of a good, solid LinkedIn outreach, you know, like a multi-channel outreach. Like if you've found somebody yourself, you, you could almost write your own white paper, send it to the CEO or, you know, this is for the average salesperson, right? So you could do some of these strategies on a, on a low budget if you've got three or four or five accounts that you want to talk to in a quarter. This is exactly what, what we talk about when you talk about using social selling, omni-channel. You're just doing it, you know, like that super polished, you know, top Injected of, with a bit of steroids. Yeah, yeah, like, I've, yeah, exactly, on steroids, exactly. So that's really cool. You shared some examples. There was one about two-factor identification. Yeah, can you share that? I thought that was, that was really cool. Yeah, we did another one that we were talking to our, uh, we are talking to the prospects of our client about security. And, you know, the theme of the campaign was secure the new normal. So everybody talks about the new normal in COVID and we're like, secure the new normal. You got multiple people working from home. Security is a big issue. So, so secure the nor- new normal was the theme of the campaign. And what we did was we sent the gift to the main decision maker, the CIO of these organizations. And the gift landed on their desk and the gift was actually safe. Instead of a box, there was the gift was inside of a safe. And the message was, hey, this is how secure our gifts are. Imagine how, how secure it's going to be when we work with your organization to, uh, to secure it all. But when we did deliver the gift, the other, the other catch was there was, they, they didn't have the code. The CIO didn't have the code. And when we send the code in a scratchy card that they had to like kind of scratch it off to the uh, security manager of the same organization. And we told them that. You made your own scratchy card? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We made the scratchy card. <laughs> it had the it had the code for the lock under the scratchy card, right? And that went to the uh, security manager. And we told them that, hey, you guys need to talk to each other to, to make this happen. And this, the security manager would, would scratch it off. And, and we said, look, this is two, th- two factor authentication, man. This is, again, to the extent that we go with our gifts to make sure that they're, they're fully secure. And again, the whole concept was to have these conversations, to have these people meet, create a bit of buzz around the office. You know, we had, we, we had people from really large organizations. And, and this, I'm quoting this, our client, he called me up and he said, look, this company, a massive name, he's like, they called us up and they said, hey, we really love this concept. We don't think we have a need for you guys, but this was so creative. We're happy to give you a meeting in two weeks time and, and have a chat. And uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just awesome to hear those kind of stories. Is your outreach getting you labeled as a spammer? What once worked in B2B outbound doesn't work anymore. The goalposts have moved, and so must your approach to sales. Sure, you might land the odd conversation or even a reply to an odd cold email, but is it scalable? Will it provide you with enough revenue to hit your yearly goals? Having worked with sales teams all over the world, we see what works and what doesn't. Our new PAL coaching program provides sellers with access to the very best training available today. It doesn't matter if you're a team of 50 or a team of one. We have flipped traditional sales training on its head and allow you to learn in your own time and still get the important coaching help that you need. Grab all the details at markmc.com slash PAL. It sounds like that, you know, there's no single answer and I guess that's exactly what you're going to say. But if I've got, 50 clients or 40, 30 clients, you know, like inside that sector that you're talking about that I want to talk to in the next eight months, what sort of budget do I need to be able to do this in a grown up way? Now, you know, obviously creating your own scratchy codes is going to be significantly time consuming, take up a bit of creative space and cost some money, right? How do you know where that cutoff is? How do you work that stuff out? I mean, that comes to the first point that we talked about, right? Your average contract value is so important. And I mean, some of the stuff that we do when Oracle tries to close a $50 million deal, they don't care. You know, they, would, they would allocate half a million dollars for marketing for that deal. And that's obviously, extreme. I'm, for example, I know Westpac, I'm sorry, not Westpac, IBM had a really big deal and they started a campaign just for that one account three years in advance. And they were just, they, they had dedicated team members three years working on a renewal that, that they wanted to achieve. So it really depends on the size of the deal that you're looking at, right? And it does not mean that you got to send the safe and your own scratchy card for every single account because it doesn't financially make sense. Is, is it expensive? Like, you know, we would look at, you know, these could be $50,000 campaigns, $60,000 campaigns that, that you would run across a, a number of accounts. But what I'm trying to say is, there is a lot that goes into the process to decide how many accounts you're going to be going after. What is the amount that you, what is the budget that you can allocate per account so that for the business as a whole, it also makes financial sense. Okay, completely. I get it. Have you ever been in a situation, you must get a real buzz when they ring up and say, man, we landed a meeting with the CEO, mate, well done. But you must be sweating crazy <laughs> between sending all that stuff out and hearing that back, right? That's correct. That's correct. And, <laughs> and I think, I think, look, over time, I've got better. 
right? Because, you know, the first times when we were doing these kind of campaigns, it was like, oh my God, is it going to work? As we start to better and better understand what works and what doesn't work, we also bring a certain confidence that organizations don't have because sending a $400 direct mail package to somebody and not being sure whether it's going to work or not, you know, that's a risk for, for a marketing manager. That was definitely a concern in the early days of like, you know, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? Are you going to get that meeting? And over time, we, you know, we start to learn more and more what works. And, and now I'm, I'm not as worried, you know, now, in fact, now, you know, we have an exercise that we do with our clients where we kind of do a reverse ROI calculation of, you know, what do we expect to see from a campaign here? And unless something crazy happens, like we've had situations where a week before a campaign, Sydney goes into lockdown and that's not good. That is not good because, you know, you've gone and planned based on there's no lockdown, everything is open. And then suddenly certain things get, you know, you have to improvise on certain, certain stuff. So, but even now we put measures in place that if there is lockdown, how do we, how we kind of go around it? And it's hard to get direct mail to people. But if there are no crazy things that would happen a week before campaign, we have a good understanding based on the number of campaigns that we ran that, you know, what are we going to see? What kind of results are we going to see? So not as much these days, but definitely in the early days. Is it easy for you to quantify that for us? So like if, if you're reaching out to 20 businesses and there's, let's say there's two people in each business that you want to talk to, and I think you've been using the example of CEO and CIO, you know, do, do many people get those things and just ignore them? Or do you get a, you know, a 50% response rate roughly? Most people must at least, because of your level of creativity that's gone into it, there must be a point, an inflection point where people go, there's so much work being put into this, I've got to take a phone call or at least say, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I can't see too many of these going, you know, being opened and, and not getting any response at all. Or am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, what no, the- no, you're, you're, you're right. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you a more specific example, right? So mid-market, let's say mid-market, thousand seats in the book and below. That's what I would say mid-market. So 200 to 1,000 seat organization, a very sophisticated campaign, we can get responses of up to 80% of less, kind of less sophisticated campaigns, we've been able to get 25% rate. So like if we're targeting 100 accounts, booking meetings and holding meetings with about 25% of this. But if you run a very elaborate campaign, like you'd have direct mail pieces, again, that have to make sure it makes sense financially for the business. But if you have all those pieces in place, we've seen as high as like 80% having some sort of a conversation with a decision maker that we're targeting and those accounts, which is crazy numbers. Now, that that doesn't mean that, you know, obviously all of them are going to turn into pipeline and and turn into revenue, but it allows the the salesperson to have a conversation with the the CIO or, you know, might be whoever it is that they're, they're going after. Yeah. You, you, I tell you what, the sales rep, the salesperson that takes that first meeting certainly wants to be on their very best game. If they've spent, if the organization spent, you know, X thousand dollars on getting the meeting, you wouldn't want to be having a bad night the night before. You'd want to be pretty well rested and well rehearsed. Yeah. Rocking up hangover, all <laughs> money over and just being like, yeah. So what do we do? Yeah. There's, uh, it's so true. And you know what? Marketing is like, what we usually see is like marketing is like, like a hawk over the sales team of like, what is happening? Is that reported? I, I am not buying. You did not enter that in the, into the CRM in this situation. That needs to go. I need to have full visibility 
in terms of what is going on. Otherwise, we will pull your accounts out of the uh, out of the campaign. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, had that meeting go. Ah, man, you wouldn't believe it. I turned up to the wrong address. Yeah, I went to the warehouse, <laughs> not the office. <laughs> yeah, take the rest of your life off, buddy. Yeah, yeah. that is not going to come down well. <laughs> no. That's right. So have you got a story that you're able to share that, you know, where things haven't gone right? You know, you've sent out a bunch of stuff and it just didn't ring the bell. You know, you might need to be careful about the way you phrase that. Yeah. Um, I'm conscious that I um, haven't let you know about that in advance. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of, because we, we put a lot of care into, into direct mail. And I'm actually looking at my board in front of me that has name of name of clients in. You know, I'll tell you what, like we've had success incorporating direct mail into our campaigns, right? And then... We went back and we said, hey, we're going to take direct mail out of it. And, you know, we're still going to see great results uh, or we're still going to see decent results. You know, we, we're going to subtract certain percentages, but we're going to see see results. And we, we weren't able to get that kind of what we anticipated we would get, even with the reduced success rates. And it kind of showed us the impact of some of these tactile elements, these, these you know, physical components in the campaign. And the impact that they have into a, a campaign. So that's the example that I can remember where we kind of went and said, oh, you know, financially it doesn't make sense. Let's not put any direct mail in there. Even though there was maybe a room for a certain type of direct mail, we kind of took all that out and the client was kind of like pushing for the budget to be reduced. And, uh, and we, you know, we also felt confident that we we're going to get results and we didn't. So we've seen a lot of results. So there hasn't been situations that we would send you know, really cool uh, stuff and not work out. But there's definitely been situations that maybe we got too proud or too too confident. That's probably the better word. And then, you know, we, we took out certain pieces and it didn't work. So I'm a big fan of direct mail. And in every sales team that I sit down and talk to, and when we build out their cadence, you know, so you know that I'm, I like the cadence. I like to build out, you know, defined steps for outreach across multiple channels. I always introduce direct mail. And at the start of the conversation, everyone goes, yeah, that's great. We should definitely do something. And of course, they all think we can just print out a bunch of brochures, right? And get marketing to send them to. Look, no, 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 no. We want to do handwritten. So maybe we'll just get like a one page of, you know, maybe the results page of a white paper that we've already print, we've already had. And we'll print that out in black and white. And you can write, you know, a note that goes alongside it. Hey, Shane, I thought this was interesting for you because, right? And then you can write on the envelope by hand and then go put, put it in the letterbox. And because we're all grown up, so we're only chasing, you know, 10 new conversations a month, how hard is that going to be? You only have to put like 20 envelopes in the mail. By the time I've finished saying that, they're all like, oh, no, it's too hard. Yep. I know. And, and I'm like, you kidding me? I know. I've been there. <laughs> I won't even write, you know, two sentences on a piece of paper and stick it in an envelope. Oh, that seems like it's too hard. Yet I know when people do the basics, you know, the simple stuff, it works. You know, a couple of years ago, we printed off a bunch of dice, like a six-sided dice. It's like a, a funny, you know, dual, dual-sided triangle thing. And it was had coaching conversations. So the idea was you'd sit at your sales meeting and you'd roll it around and, you know, you'd, that'd ask, you'd ask questions from the sales team, right? And we'd send it to sales leaders as, as a way to start conversations. And that worked really well, sending that out in the first instance. A lot of people would, having something on their desk, you'd say, Hey, I sent you that dice, that funny looking dice a couple of days ago or a week ago. Oh yeah, I wonder what that was and where that came from. And that's like, we had them made in China. We had thousands of them. I've still, we've still got thousands of them because we decided to just keep, you know, oh, a thousand is only this much, 10,000 is that. Oh, just get 10,000. You know, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah. I hear you. 
it's, it's cheap, but they're so powerful. As soon as it gets harder than sending an email, nobody's interested. It's crazy. You know, it's funny. We had this issue. We had this issue internally with our sales, right? Our sales team would send letters out, but it was hard. And, and what I've also noticed was that it was an interruption to their flow. Like, you know, also a salesperson gets into the flow of making call, making call, making call. And then the whole letter thing becomes a little bit of a little bit of interruption. So we even inter- internally had to introduce somebody who would do that for them. You know, we, we did that kind of some, some in Philippines that would like ship it out before campaign would go live. Obviously, there's a lot of planning that would go into it. Obviously, they're like, you have to tell them what to write. And in that final touch of, of personalization might not be there. But yeah, we found challenging even with ourselves. And that's why. You know, a lot of, a lot of these campaigns, we set handwritten letters, but we do it at our end, not at the set. It's, it's signed by the salesperson, but they sometimes might not even know what it says. I totally know what you mean. It's, it's hard to get sales to do that logistical work. Yeah. You know, the results are definitely there if you take the time and effort to do so. I mean, I just love this stuff and I wanted to share that with as many people as we could on this pod. So thanks for coming on. Like, how can people get more of, of yourself or, or more of X-Growth? What's the best way for them to do that? If they're more- Hit us up. It's xgrowth.com.au. That's X for X-Ray, G-R-O-W-T-H.com.au. Or hit me up, Shaheen Hoda. There is no other Shaheen Hoda on LinkedIn. You just type that in and I'll probably be the only result. So I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and more than happy to connect. Lovely. And is the podcast still going? Yeah, podcast still going, and you know if anyone's interested on the just share on, uh, I'll, I'll thank you very much for that. I'll, if anyone's interested on the marketing side of all this, uh, check out Growth Colony when we we share a lot about ABM and ABX uh, in there and tips and strategies. So uh, check us out there as well, Mike. Thanks for coming on and sharing that. That was really cool stuff. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Mark. Really, really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. How would you like an electronic copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth sent directly to you for free? You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. All you have to do is leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts as it would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us find more great guests in the future. And of course, the better the guests, the better the sales strategies that we get. The good news is it'll only take you about 60 seconds to do and you can probably access the review function directly from the device you're using right now to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it. Simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email and I'll send you a copy of the book straight away. So that's it for this show. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.